Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Before we begin this episode of the podcast, we just wanted to drop in and say a little note about the date of the podcast. While it says that this is the July 11th episode for 2023, it is the July 11th episode for 2023. Kim, can you tell us why? Yes, it might be a little late because we are moving our Mystic Access servers over to something bigger, faster, speedier, and hopefully nicer for all of you guys. We are switching hosting companies. And it takes a while. It, it does. It could potentially take 72 hours, so that'd be three days, and we don't know if it's going to be completed by the time you guys are expecting to hear this podcast. So it could be the day after, or potentially, hopefully not, but even the day after that. So going to take a little bit because we found this and we decided to switch and we went ahead and had the podcast completed but we didn't know for sure about the delay time exactly and we are hopefully doing this to get a faster response all around and also a economic for us all around yeah, we're trying to save money on our end, but while still making it faster for you guys and for us, too, in the back end. So hopefully this will help. Hopefully it will make a difference. You're still getting the podcast. It just might be a little delayed, so we're still not going to miss anything. We haven't missed a podcast in over six years, so we don't want to miss one. This one just might be delayed by a couple days, and you'll get your next one as expected on the 25th. And on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the July 11th, 2023 episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. She's Kim. He's Chris. And we have a lot to talk about today, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we got some really cool stuff we hope you guys will like, and we even, believe it or not, have pre-planned for the next podcast, too. So we actually know what we're doing for the next two podcasts. Woo! Exactly. (laughs) We don't always pre-plan these things very well around here. (laughs) So there's two things we want to update you on really quickly and the first one is our scam event that we had in june it was a great turnout everybody had good stories and we just need to take a little bit of time to edit it and make it look pretty you know we like to take people's names out just because some people's voices are very recognizable but we just like to take people's names out for privacy and we need a little bit of time doing that that will be up on mysticaccessdownloads.com when available probably by the end of this coming week we think so we hope so we know we gave you guys a date and we really should know better than to give you guys a date but we did and we apologize for that so it's not up yet it's not ready this is the free version we're talking about right now because we did tell those of you who are in the class that we are going to expand it into a paid event. And that is something we still need to record the expanded bits, but it's going to be awesome, you guys. We're really excited to share it with more of you, and we hoped it would be up by convention, but of course, that didn't work out. It will be up as quickly as we can. You know us hopefully well enough to know that we're going to give you quality over quantity, generally speaking. We want to make sure that everything is as high quality as we can make it, and we've not had the time to make that a reality. So what we want to be able to do is give you this full, exciting class that we want to and still make sure it's as top-notch as we can offer. 
So it's taking a little longer than we hoped and anticipated. So, Cam. Yes. Why exactly has it taken a little bit to get that class out? Well, some of you guys know, in fact, the majority of you probably know, that we have contracted with HumanWare to provide audio documentation on the Victor Reader Stream 3. Well, I am very happy to announce that as of last week, recording, primary recording has concluded on that. We are super, super excited. The next thing we have to do is go through the whole thing again, probably both of us. So each of us will be going through the entire recording and making any final edits on our end that we know we need to make. This is before HumanWare's approval. If HumanWare then comes back to us, our product manager, Matthew Paquette, and others who listen, come back to us with things they want changed, revised, deleted, inserted, that will be something we need to do next. From there... It needs to go through a few processes that we put it through and also daisied. So we need to make it sound better and we need to daisy it. And Daisy is Chris's job. We've, we've called him the crazy Daisy dude around here. Although he says this one isn't going to be nearly so crazy. You want to talk a second about that? The original Stream 2 tutorial that was released in 2015 had 322, I believe, navigation points in an eight and a half hour audio documentation. So we're not going to do it that crazy this time because, frankly, some of those MP3 files are 30 seconds, and then you move on to the next one. So when it's an MP3 product, it's a little bit harder to enjoy unless you're using the playlist. So we're going to make them navigable still, but we're going to make them into bigger chunks. You may have an entire section with uh, one nav point so that you can listen to that entire section. You can still, in your daisy player, go phrase by phrase, jump by time if you want to do it that way. But I think that 322 navigation points in, a, in some kind of audio product is a little obsessive. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be half that. So just keep that in mind as you are listening. But we're very proud of it. We already know it's going to go well past the eight-hour mark of the original stream documentation. I don't know how, because it's actually less material in terms of feature set. Although, I say that, but the Stream 3 does offer some cool new stuff that you did not see on Stream 2. So, you will be wanting to listen out for that. But for instance, we don't currently have Audible on the Stream 3, so there's no Audible section. But there is a lot that it does offer. And toward the beginning, I actually do a comparison section for those of you who have a Stream 2 to learn the differences between 2 and 3. So this does have a lot of material. Chris has been listening to it. What do you think of it so far? I think it's terrible. <laughs> no, it's really done really, really well. I did find a couple of mistakes that you already know about yep. that some are already addressed before we send it off to HumanWare. Now... In full disclosure, HumanWare has seen or has access to, I don't know if they've seen it yet, but they have access to four hours of the edited material, and we're still going to give them three hours of edited material. And then finally, another three hours, three hours of unedited material that needs to be edited still. That's what I'm doing Monday and Tuesday, getting those fixed, getting those edited, and then hopefully my part will be essentially done. I'm going to listen very carefully. My brain has actually needed a few days. When you do a project of this magnitude <laughs> that has taken quite a long time to do, and that's been your primary focus, you have to kind of turn your brain. Your brain will eventually turn off, and that's what mine has done. It's needed a couple of days of R&R &R and rest and just walking away from everything. 
yesterday I could not even complete a sentence. I just had to go upstairs and take a nap. And I don't take naps. <laughs> so I know that sounds kind of crazy, but when you're deeply involved in something like this and a huge project ends, sometimes you do just need to take a couple hours or so to decompress. So I spent the lat- latter part of the week kind of taking a little bit of time to do that because it's been really w- necessary for my well-being and to kind of get me back into sorts. So as weird as that might sound to some of you, some of you who are creators will understand that very well. So it's been a process guys. And I think you're going to be very pleased with the final result. Again, we don't know exactly when it's going to be released because there's still a few stages to go here, but we are very close now. It's closer and closer every single day. That's exactly right. And we think it's going to be really helpful both for those of you who already have streams, but particularly I think for those of you who are thinking about it. There's a lot in here you can really follow along and learn before you buy or learn and decide if you want to buy. So it's a really great tool, I think. And again, as we've announced in the past, that will be free to anybody who wants to download it. That's right. That's absolutely correct. MysticAccessDownloads.com So all that being said, back to the original topic of scam class, that has taken priority over scam class. And as much as we wanted to get that out and available to you, this is a paid project. And we have to give this priority because this is a contract project for another company. And we want to make sure that we meet that commitment as quickly as possible. So we did something last weekend. And we I've been talking to you for a few months now mm-hmm. about replacing our Fire TV because we like to watch TV. We've been doing it on our phones for probably the past year. And we have these Fire TVs that, frankly, aren't enjoyable to use because they're so slow. The voice is great. The content is great. The navigation is awesome. The processor, with I don't know if it's because of voice view, but with voice view on, it is unbearable. (laughs) It's really bad. Yes, you go into something like Netflix or Hulu where they do the self-voicing thing and it just takes forever to navigate so it's not enjoyable. So we never use these nice TVs. They're nice TVs, don't get me wrong. They are nice TVs. We have one upstairs in the bedroom. And I've been talking to you about, okay, let's replace it with a Roku TV. I've been very resistant to that. Any of you who purchased our entertainment in a small box and have heard the Roku voice may know why. My fear wasn't necessarily the quality of the voice. I can get used to that. But the fact that she's a very, very monotone voice, and sometimes she blends too easily into dialogue and other things, and it makes it very difficult to kind of figure out where you are and what you're doing. So I won. You did. And what we had done is last... Of course, it was also 4th of July deals. Right. (laughs) So here's what happened. So went into Instacart. Because we wanted to play over the weekend. So I went into Instacart, did a search in Instacart through Best Buy to get a TV. And this is a TV with the Roku interface already there. If we were going to do it, we were just going to replace it. Right. So the deal was we got a $170 TV for $105. For a 32-inch TV. Right. So that Even was... I couldn't say no to that. No way. So that was pretty good. And then we ended up getting a voice remote for the TV. And that was an extra 29 bucks. It was worth it. It's got a little switch on it. 
and you can say if the switch is on hey roku and then you can tell it to do things like turn off your tv switch to hdmi 3 the coolest feature though is you could say where's my remote and it'll play a little sound until you pick up your remote if this always listening feature is on on the remote then you can find your remote if it's fallen between the couch cushions for example absolutely true it's a fairly intuitive remote you can learn to use it i'll tell you one thing i don't like about either that remote or the one that comes with it you have some buttons that go to specific apps that you cannot seemingly reprogram right so if you aren't a fan of disney plus for example there's a button there that would launch the disney plus app on roku but you cannot replace that disney plus app with that button so you can't do something like well whatever it doesn't really matter maybe you want to use qvc and you want to use that button for qvc you cannot right so you can't reprogram there are four of them you can't seemingly reprogram those buttons now there may be a secret menu i haven't found yet there is I'm not. Really, okay i'm really big into not. the secret menu videos trying to find out but apparently there's not one for that there are some cool secret menus but not one for that apparently cool that's kind of one thing i'm not real fond of now another kind of quirk is on the remote that came with our TV, at least, and ours is a Westinghouse, the one that came with our TV has a little moon on it, and that's a sleep timer. Right. On the voice remote, the sleep timer button is replaced by the voice input button. So you press and hold the voice input button, it makes a noise, and you talk to it. The but thing you can is, still get to the sleep timer, can't you? Yes, you can. It's right in the main menu. And if you're really one of those people who want to get to the sleep timer quickly, you could move your sleep timer up to like the first row mm -hmm. if you wanted to. Then you could get to the sleep timer. But what it does is the Roku interface has like a home line or Area, list, yeah. if you will. Mm -hmm. And then there's the grid of your channels. You've got HDMI 1, HDMI 2, HDMI 3. So those are very easy to switch to within that first grid. Yeah, within home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the neat thing about it, though, is it is fast. I will give you that. It is fast. And I will tell you my favorite app on it, and maybe you have a favorite by now, too. My favorite app on the Roku TV is Pluto TV. It yes. is awesome awesome it is so accessible and so nice that's free by the way guys the amount of content speaking of free that you can get for free on roku is insane they have a thing called the roku channel it's nuts now one thing i'm struggling with and i really need to get some help from an agent about this is you can set favorites but i can't figure out if there's a way to list your favorites exclusively there's a thing that says something like go to favorites, but it's still showing me all my 400 and some channels or 300 and some. I don't know how many there are, but there's at least 300 and something that are available live and free in the Roku TV app or Roku channel. Sorry, the Roku channel app. Now, these aren't like, you know, channels that are terrestrial channels. They're channels that the Roku app created, I guess, or purchased from somewhere or something like there's like a forensics files channel. There's. Just all kinds. I think there's one that's like all NCIS. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. I particularly like the YouTube app is accessible. Yes, finally. <laughs> if you remember from long ago discussions that we had about the Roku, their YouTube app was not accessible yeah, at It was all. YouTube TV. Right. And YouTube TV is accessible as well as the YouTube app. Now, what was really cool 
was when I signed into the YouTube app so that I can have all my history and stuff on the TV, there were two options. One, you could go to youtube.com slash something or other and type in this code. The other thing is if you had a phone, you could open up the YouTube app. And if the phone was on the same Wi-Fi network as the TV, boom, connect to the phone. You're done. That was really cool. Really, really cool. That was fun. The voice, like you said, isn't anything to write home about, but no. it is nice. It is good. There is a thing where you can turn her up, though. Right. You can so make she, her louder. So right, she's, so she's louder than the TV, so you can uh-huh. actually hear her. Yes. Right. There's a bunch of apps. You could certainly find out if you're a favorite, if you use one of the over-the-top services or some of the services like Netflix and Hulu, Paramount Plus, things like that. If you could find out whether or not they're accessible or not, you know, you would be able to find that out and see. For me, Hulu has always been accessible on it. The same with your Disney Plus. When we were playing with it a long time ago, I wouldn't see those falling by the wayside. But it is a very, very usable interface. You've got up, down, left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. A lot of things are in grids, not lists. So you're like in a three-by-something grid, generally speaking. If you go out of that, you'll be in an advertisement. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what you're looking for. I think, and correct me, I don't know if you've tried this, I think you can install ALEXA and Google on there, too. You connect them. Okay, how does that work? You connect them with their skills or their apps. So you would actually sign in with your Roku account, username and password, to the um, Alexa app. You connect it to the, you know, the skill. And then you would do the same for Google. And then you could control your TV, your Roku stuff with either voice assistant I haven't done it in a while because what I want to do, you can really do with the voice remote. So I don't know if I see a need to uh, connect the voice assistants. I agree. If I want to say what's the weather, I mean, you and I have ALEXAs in every room of the house, pretty much, except bathrooms. (laughs) And we can ask these questions and find out. Right. You can't ask your voice remote, what's the weather? Right. That won't work. It won't work. It's strictly for search for blah. So Now, when you got your TV and you mm-hmm. were playing with your TV all weekend, yep. and you said, well, let's go back and listen to the entertainment in a small box product that we put out a few years ago. Several years ago. Yeah, it was like 2017, I think. Yes. And you said something to me that I found kind of interesting. Yeah, I made a comment to you about how the interface has really not changed much at all in all those years. There is a tremendous amount of similarity. I mean, I would say 85 to 90% of what's in that is still 100% accurate. Yes, it is. We were kind of amazed. And when we did the small box product, it was on the sticks and the Mm -hmm. box, the Roku boxes themselves. Yeah, I had a stick and you had a box. Right. I had a Roku TV in the past. I had a nice 40-inch TV that I got relatively cheap, and it was sitting on the dresser. And one day, something or somebody hit the TV. It fell off the dresser. The screen landed on a fan, and that was the end of Roku TV. (laughs) Yeah. He called an agent and got an unpleasant surprise. I think I got that unpleasant surprise when we were actually recording the tutorial. Oh, yikes. Because we were trying to do something with it, or one of the cord-cutting things, we were trying to do something with it. The TV still 
worked, I guess. But I didn't want to have something plugged in that was cracked. You know, that was broken, effective. So eventually the TV got recycled. But it was a nice TV. It was a 40-inch TV. It wouldn't fit where I really wanted it, so I had it somewhere else. And, of course, that was its downfall. We have a smaller Broku TV. Right. And it actually works better than your 40-inch, you said. It does. And I was actually quite impressed with the speakers. Yeah, you know what? It really does sound much better than I thought it would. It has some pretty decent sound to be a little guy, a fairly little guy anyway. We just couldn't believe that you can get a 32-inch TV now for 100 100 bucks. bucks. It was like 105 bucks or something yes. like that. It was nuts. They had a 24-inch TV for 85 bucks. We almost got it. <laughs> yeah, we almost did. And I thought, well, maybe this one... Not knowing any better, I thought maybe this one would be a little bit faster because it has to drive more pixels on the screen, but who knows? Yeah, we don't know. We spent the extra 20 bucks and got this one and are very happy that we did. I mean, it's serving our needs very well. If I can figure out this Roku channel thing, I'll be happier because I've made multiple favorite channels and I don't know how to sort them out from the rest of them unless I move the channels all the way up if there's a way to do that. But that would be a pain because... You'd have to move all your favorites up to the teepee top. There's 400 of them. So There's 400 yeah. of them, exactly. I mean, you're going to find stuff to watch. And there's on-demand stuff you can watch. I mean, I found some really cool stuff to watch from various apps. I found a movie I've been looking to watch for like five years, and I found it. Now, let's talk a second about AD, audio description. You're still going to get your audio description through the various apps, through which you can get AD. <laughs> so your Netflix, your Hulu on-demand, Hulu originals, or whatever else they've allowed to have in there that's described, Disney+, Plus, some of Paramount stuff, and YouTube TV, those channels that it allows to have description. But it does work. But it does work. Now, it's a little wonky to get there, but it, it does can work. can be, right. Mm-hmm. In other words, I say that because I think on Fire, you can turn on description for everything within settings somewhere. Yeah, but I still don't think that works. I don't think it works either, but it does work for some stuff, I think. Right, but it's not going to do it for, like, your YouTube TV. No, it's not universal. Hmm. And this doesn't have all the cool accessibility stuff that you can do with Fire. So in that sense, it's very unfortunate. If this had the various accessibility features that Fire does, like the review mode, I mean, that's cool. This doesn't have anything like that, for instance. So... You're not looking at the type of accessibility that you have on something like Fire, but it's significantly faster than Fire, at least our old Fire TVs. Maybe things have changed. Maybe the Fire sticks are better. We're probably going to buy a new Fire stick on Prime Day just to test and see what kind of a difference it makes. I'm sure it probably will. So next week we'll buy something and maybe we can update you in a future podcast and let you know. But as far as the overall TV experience of turning it on and finding something to watch, you get frustrated because it's taking 20 seconds between a key press or something. And that's no exaggeration. (laughs) No exaggeration at all. No, it's awful. At least ours is. Yeah, it is. Now, we've had this Fire TV for, when did we get this? Like 2018? Or was it 2020? It was 2020. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Maybe 2018. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. I know it was pre-pandemic. Ah, then it would be 2018. Must have got them for the original Cutting the Court event that we did. Well, we were getting one because I was doing the Fire TV audio, too. I think we needed one for that. So maybe it was 2019. I don't know. Anyway, I I still think it was pre-pandemic. 
because they changed the entire structure of Fire TV. And we had to wait about a year to get it. It was awful. Oh, but we finally managed to do it. <laughs> and, you know, but the voices just, are great. Yeah. But we just wanted to touch base a little bit on, you know, the Roku TV. And then you can pull a TV out of the box and set it up and get it up and running by yourself, really. You know, we literally pressed a button four times to turn on the screen reader and we were done. I mean, the rest we could navigate. If you know where your cursor cross is, you can navigate and the rest it orients you to. Right. So in that sense, it's very well done. It's very nice. And we were able to pair our voice remotes with it. So we can actually use two different remotes with our TV, which is cool. I can say, give me the remote so we can have remote wars or remote something. Remote wars. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's very fun. It's very cool. We're actually very happy we did it. And we may discuss this more in another format or in another way at some point. So stay tuned if you're interested in the whole topic of Roku because it's a very, very viable option. So now that we're couch potatoes watching TV, you want to kind of get up and, you know, exercise or, you know, check your your vitals. How about checking your blood pressure or checking your temperature or checking your weight, which nobody really wants to talk about, but we're going to do it anyways. So I was listening to Jonathan Mosen's podcast. Give him a shout out there, the living blindfully. And Bonnie was talking about this cardio and I've heard about this cardio and it's Q A R D I O. So it's cardio with a Q. And what it is, is there are at least three options that you can get. You can get the cardio arm, which is a blood pressure monitor. You can get the cardio base, which is a scale. You can get a cardio temp, I think it's called, but it's a thermometer. And they also have an oxygen saturation reader too. But because I have that on my watch, I don't care about getting that one as much. But I'll talk about that in a second anyway. The reason I was going down this path, because I have a talking blood pressure monitor and a talking scale and even a talking oxygen thing and talking temperature for that matter. (laughs) So we have all this stuff, it talks. And the one thing that I wanted was synchronization with the health app on iOS. Now talk a little bit before you go on about that, about that wish for accountability in that way because you and I had an interesting conversation about that in that I was saying well I'm stepping on the scale once a week and kind of seeing where I am and what I need to do as a result of that and you were saying that's not enough for you no that's not enough for me I want it to be put somewhere in a way that I can retrieve it later and I also want to be held accountable for it so what happens is is that when you take your blood pressure or you take your measurements, it automatically gets put into this app, which then synchronizes to your health data on the iPhone. And this also works for Android as well. It works with the Samsung Health, and it works with the Google Fit, and you know those kinds of things. So Android friends aren't left out. The thing about me, though, is you have all these years and years and years of health data in your Apple product that it's kind of hard to switch over and use something else. But I particularly want to be held accountable or it's not going to matter to me, you know, 
I won't know when the last time I took my blood pressure. I won't know what it was without kind of writing it down. I know there's other ways to do this. You know, you can't write it down in your note taker or braille piece of paper or something like that. And it's not enough to have an accountability buddy like your wife to say, hey. <laughs> no, it's you not. Know, you needed something else. You needed something else. You need to set a goal. So if you're trying to lose weight, you can set that goal and your apps will tell you how much you have for that goal. I want to use something like MyFitnessPal to track your calorie intake. And in combination with the hardware stuff, you kind of know where you are. WaterMinder does the same thing. WaterMinder is awesome because WaterMinder actually goes off every, what, four or five hours and says, hey, have you been drinking your water? Actually, every 90 minutes. Is it 90 minutes? <laughs> yep. It's 8 o'clock, 9.30, 11 o'clock, 12.30, 2 o'clock, 3.30, 5 o'clock. It's just so enmeshed in my day that I don't think about it. Right, exactly. So that's really what it is. So you have all this info, and if you're, t if you're tracking it, you can get summaries of your progress, you know. And it's updating it in real time, so I don't have to go into Health App and update this and update that and update everything else. It just does it for you. It puts it in the app, and everything's good. But that's just my take on it. I have to be held accountable for, you know, having this data in my face, if that makes sense. And you're okay. just you're just like, okay, whatever. I can do this. So I got my talking scale, and, you know. The cool thing, though that I did the other day was I stepped on the talking scale and it's the scale that Kim did a demo of. It's on our downloads page. It's the Taylor talking scale, I think. Yep. The Taylor talking scale and the cardio base were identical. Identical. That made me so happy to know that. It's not even funny. I was so excited. And we didn't have the scales next to each other. The one no. scale's upstairs, <laughs> the other scale's downstairs. Exactly. And it told us the same exact amount down to the point x down to the point mm -hmm. the difference in what you've got down here though is that it gives you all these other metrics scary metrics <laughs> in some instances you like bmi get, for instance you can get your bmi you can get your water you can get your muscle index all this stuff and it's all just sitting right there in the app and it tells you between measurements whether it's stayed the same, whether it's gone up, whether it's gone down, which is really cool. Yes. So now that we've talked a lot about that, let's talk about the devices and how they work. So if you can imagine the cardio arm as a blood pressure cuff with a square on it or a rectangle on it, the rectangle is a big plasticky box, if you will. And that's where all the fun is. That's where all the electronics are so you don't have a wire that you're holding on to or a wire that's connected to an external blood pressure monitor the monitor is actually in the cuff which i think is cool and how that works is you pair it to your phone it's very very simple step one step two step three and it guided you along the way in what you were supposed to do how you were supposed to turn it on, how you're supposed to pull the flap out so that the batteries could engage. And then what you do is you go to the app once it's all paired and connected and you start measurement, you hit start measurement. So it wirelessly then goes and tells the 
cardio arm to inflate itself. And then you, you get your blood pressure reading. It shows up on the phone. And then what you can do is add a note. So if you just cancel it, it's not going to track it. I think it still goes into health, but it's not going to show up in the cardio app. If you add a note, they got predefined little things like I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling this. And you can actually add your own personal little note there. There's an edit box. And then you add your note and it puts it into the app and then it puts it wirelessly you know, in the health data. And then the health data synchronizes to all the other apps that you are saying, please, please, please look at my blood pressure. <laughs> so that's how that works. Cardio base is a scale, and there are three separate ones. There's the cardio base, which I guess is the original. There's the cardio base 2, and then there's the cardio base X. Now, I've heard that the cardio base has haptic feedback to let you know, you know when to step on the scale and when to step off the scale. The cardio base 2... I don't know if it has that, but the Cardio Base X, I don't know if it has that. That's the one I have. And we don't I wanted, think it has it. We don't think it has it. But what, what we've done is stepped on it and then stepped off and then stepped on it again. And then on you the screen. You put like one foot on it and right. kind of like step on it with one foot, bloop, and then right. just step off and back on. Right. So it says in the app, it says measuring. So you can jump on there and it takes about, I don't know, a couple seconds or so. To Very few, your, actually. Give you your measurement, mm -hmm. and then everybody's happy. Well, now the trick of. is, well, yeah, <laughs> there's that. But the trick is, like, you would hand me your phone before you stepped on, so that you weren't carrying your big heavy phone around with you while you were trying to step on the scale. Right. My phone is in a battery case that probably makes it a pound. It is heavy. And uh, I didn't want that extra pound there, so. And there's you know. a little, did we figure out what it is? There's a little round thing in the middle of the scale. That's the logo. Oh. That's the thing about accessibility. When they're telling you stuff and how to do things, they're telling you, in my opinion, is if you, you can't see it because they tell you to step around the metal thing, which is the, the logo. They tell you where the button is to press to pair it. They tell you how to do the, you know, it's not like press and then you're like, press what? Okay. Press here. <laughs> right. And when I was trying to figure out which scale I had bought, it said, flip the switch to turn it on. I'm like, there is no switch. There is no switch. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, I got the wrong one. <laughs> In the app, I got the wrong one. So when I switched it to the base X, it told me to press the button, which sure enough on the machine, there just is only one button. And it told you how to charge it. It told you you could charge the scale via USB-C which was really cool. So you're not, you know, throwing batteries away. And the temperature one, I have not checked yet. It's actually still in the box. I got it the other day. Just haven't had time to play with it. Let's go back to the scale a second, though. The scale has these different modes for things you can do. One of which has actually kind of made us giggle because it's for people who absolutely do not want to see their weight on the scale. We get it. It's called out of sight. It's called out of sight. <laughs> That was funny. But if you're pregnant, they... There's a pregnancy mode. There's a pregnancy mode. You could switch very easily your scale into pregnancy mode. That, I guess, takes into account the little one. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing about the whole BMI measurements and stuff like that is that 
you have to do that in bare feet. If you have socks on, it only does your weight. When you're on your scale, somehow it's reading all that stuff from your skin, I guess. The other cool thing that we didn't talk about that we probably should is that these devices can connect up to eight different phones. So when Kim checks her blood pressure, she's checking it through her phone. It's her own account. Mm -hmm. It's completely separated from anything else. We don't have different profiles. So it's not one account with one login and two profiles. It is literally two different accounts. So she can add the scale. She can add the thermometer thing. And all of that stuff is hers. If she wishes to keep it private, she can. If she doesn't wish to keep it private, then there is a way that we haven't figured out yet. But you can actually follow people. Yeah, and we would like to do that for each other. Because that's what we do. It's the type of marriage we have. We like to be supportive and be able to talk to each other about this kind of stuff and see it. So mm-hmm. we're hoping to figure that out and figure out what it's supposed to do and how it works. What I think I'm going to like, though, about this method of accountability is all the metrics, you can watch them change. <laughs> yes. I think that's the only reason I like the metrics because they're scary as hell, right? But you can watch them change over time. You can watch them get better if you're doing what you're supposed to do. And that will be cool. The funny thing about the scale is you don't even have to have your phone near you. It transfers things through your Wi-Fi network. Mm -hmm. And if you were to step on the scale, it's smart enough to know that it's you. If I were to step on the scale, it's smart enough to know that it's me. If it makes a mistake, there is a claim measurements button (laughs) that you can go in and claim these are these are my measurements <laughs> these are my you know these are my numbers and you can claim those numbers those... oh and hey friends those of you who have broken bread with us in our house before or those who will in future there's a guest mode <laughs> yes what's it called like visitor mode or something no it's called the guest mode it's a, so it's, it's a checkbox that you check and it it just it just works well it just works well and you you know we, we you can you can play with it <laughs> It's not cheap. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. We didn't go cheap. We are the type of people, we would rather spend more and get something that's going to last for a significant amount of time. And that's how we work. We're fortunately both like that. <laughs> and um, so as a result, we got this for the long haul. And because we really want to work on getting in better health and then maintaining that good health. So we, there obviously we all have our reasons for that. You have to have a reason or you're not going to do it. Right. We definitely have our reasons for that. And it's, Actually, I find that it's easier to do that as a couple because especially a couple who are now finally in the same house, it's motivating for us. We can motivate each other. We're both competitive, too, and that helps because we can kind of compete with each other, which is fun. What really started me out on this journey was I saw this tweet, and it was a talking blood pressure monitor that connected through your iOS or Android device. And it had a real nice voice, but the app in iOS was completely 100% not accessible. It was awful. Couldn't even sign in to create an account or I couldn't even just pair the machine. I wanted to see what it would do. Now, having said that, I did not try Android. And because again, like I said earlier, all of the metrics are in my health app on my iPhone that it didn't really make sense to just have the blood pressure on the Android device and have, if it worked, 
to have the blood pressure on the Android device and to have everything else in the Apple first, if you will. The interesting thing, too, I heard, and I'm not sure if the, how true this is, but I'm sure it's pretty reliable, that the health information will be coming to iPads. So if I decide Woo. that I didn't want an iPhone anymore, I think I would be able to get myself an iPad and have all my data there. That the being time. said, your 14 sounds every bit as good as your iPad did. I know it does. Every bit is good. I think I'm getting a new phone, y'all. So when this next Apple event comes out, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm due a new phone because my 2020 SE is beginning to show her age. Yeah, so is mine because I still have mine. Mm-hmm. And um, battery life on mine is horrible. My battery life isn't as bad as yours, but I keep mine plugged in a lot too. But it's slow. It's getting really slow. The best thing about the 14 Pro for me is the battery life. The battery life is insane. And I don't even have the Max, which is supposed to be better, but I couldn't justify it. I can get through multiple days, maybe two days of my phone without even thinking about charging it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. This is the whole accountability thing, too, is why I, we chose to go down this road. Yeah. I mean, we had the conversation and said, okay, you know, how do we want to do this? What do we want to do? And I think a year from now, we're going to be extremely happy that we did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're going to watch things change and watch things move. We have my fitness pal, which I love. Speaking of which, let's talk very briefly about what happens sometimes when you don't pay for apps that have subscriptions. My plate. My plate. Goodbye, my plate. My plate went away, guys. It was so beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. I loved the accessibility of my plate. It was great. The UI was insane. It was gorgeous. Their database was not. <laughs> yeah, it needed a little bit of help, yes. Mm-hmm. But I worked around it because I liked the interface so much. And they came out with an announcement about a month or so ago that they were going to be shutting down in July. So if they're not shut down currently, they will be. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that a lot of there were a lot of people that were complaining about it because, you know, they've had their lives wrapped up in this app. And this is a decades-old app, by the way. Literally. And what happened was, is they just, they didn't really say, but it's it probably had to do with cost, like everything does. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a lot to do things. And they just probably weren't getting the subscriptions that they wanted to pay the database fees or whatever they got to pay. I mean, these things aren't cheap. For a company, like, let's say something like Weather Gods, for example, okay? Weather Gods is an app that's very cool. It's amazing. I would probably cry if it went away. I would. And they have to pay every time somebody checks the weather because they're making calls to the Weather Services API. And if they can't get to that API or if they can't afford however much it costs, then they're going to shut it down, period. That's probably something that may have happened with MyPlate with its database. Who knows? But for whatever reason, they just decided to shut it down. So when you find one that you like, try and give it some love when you have the opportunity. And by that, I mean not only spreading the word to your friends, but also financial love because these things aren't cheap to maintain. Some apps have tip jars that you can put a little 99 cent or $2 tip in there when you. Mm -hmm. I do that a lot with Weather Gods. Mm hmm. Because they're so awesome. We got two weather apps, Carrot and we Weather do. Gods. 
We do. We pay for both of them because we're nuts. Now, with us, it's a little different in some respects because this is what we do. This is part of what MA is all about is kind of keeping up with some of this stuff and finding out what works and what doesn't. And you know us, we're going to stretch that as far as we can go and show you stuff that other people aren't showing you because that's what we do. But at the same time, I think from a personal perspective as a blind person, being forewarned is being forearmed and you got to know what works because then you can utilize it or not as the case may be. So I feel personally i can't afford to be afraid to play with stuff and check stuff out and experiment with it to see if something might work better for me because you know that mainstream apps in many instances are not going to work we don't have the luxury of picking up a mainstream anything and expecting it to work it's not going to happen for us we're not at that point in society we may never be at that point so we have to as a result of that experiment that's what i feel about it anyway we've come a long way oh yeah a long way even I in mean, 10 years. I mean, you look at 10 years. There were touchscreen phones before the iPhone. There were third-party companies making, trying to make or making those touchscreens accessible for people. But I think, honestly, and I'll say this, the iPhone did it right the first time. Because if you look at the iPhone and you look at TalkBack, the bare minimum gestures and how you do something are the same. I think the iPhone got it right. When they did it, you know, being able to double tap and on this thing and being able to slide your finger across or swipe or whatever, however you do it, there's different ways to do it. I think they got it right. Well, you've come a long way. I mean, to think that you and I planned 85% of our wedding, not only virtually, but as a blind couple who couldn't see any of the stuff we were doing, um, that's pretty wild that we had the tools now to do that successfully. Mm-hmm. Right. With no input from anybody who was subjective. Like a parent. Like a parent, you know. I mean, the only thing I did with you know, cited, quote, assistance, quote, was picking my dress and decorating, you know. Other than that, down to our rings, we did with visual interpreting services. Right. I mean, that's pretty wild to think that's where we are. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Hope you've had some food for thought in this episode. Or perhaps not food for thought, depending on whether or not that scale freaked you out. (laughs) And that you've learned some new things. That's what we always try to do. And we will have more coming up for you next time. We have a really cool app to demo next time, among other things. So thanks, as always, for listening. And we will talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and wish to experience less stress and more fun on your unique assistive technology journey, our comprehensive audio documentation and additional offerings are here to support you. We welcome your visit at mysticaccess.com. That's M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have comments to share about this episode, follow our phone menu prompts to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com and connect with us on social media, mastodonmysticaccess.online and facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? 
Anyone may explore our extensive archives and subscribe to receive our bi-weekly episodes at mysticaccesspodcast.com. If you enjoy our content, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for spreading the word and for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you.